Hello and welcome to the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Today's message is titled, The Awareness of God's Presence. Today's message is going to be preached by Brother Tommy Boyd, and he'll be preaching from Matthew chapter 28. And now, Brother Tommy Boyd on the Little Zion Baptist Church podcast. I feel like it's about home time. Uh, we're getting ready to make a move. I don't know if Jesus is going to come back soon or I'm going to go to be with him soon. But, uh, boy, the lights are on in heaven. The welcome mat is rolled out. The last three weekends I have preached a funeral, and every one of them knows Jesus as their Savior. So they're in heaven this morning, and they're having a hallelujah good time. And we're going to be there one of these days. I'm looking forward to it. You know, some people not ready to go. they got, got a lot more living to do. But as far as I'm concerned, he can come right now, and, and I'm ready to go. I hope you are too. We're in Matthew chapter 28 this morning. Matthew chapter 28. The Lord Jesus is speaking... He's always speaking. Whenever you open up your Bible, the Lord is speaking through His Holy Spirit. And we're thinking about the awareness of the God's presence today. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. When's the last time you have felt God's presence? I mean, you had an experience, it might have been at church, as you opened up your Bible and somebody read a verse of Scripture, and the presence of God just kind of spoke to your heart today. Or, or maybe you were, uh, during the song service, you had great music here. Thank you for that, that music. I, I was looking over to see if there was any smoke coming off that piano today. You were really playing. Thank you. Uh, What great music you have here. Uh, maybe it was a, a verse of scripture that, or a, a verse out of that song. The lyrics out of the song spoke to your heart. It's about home time. That spoke to me this morning. And I'm getting ready to go. Uh, so it might be the song you became aware of his presence or during a, a time of you were interceding for somebody, you, you've had somebody on your heart, you've got a prayer list here, and maybe it's been somebody that's uh, kind of, you felt their presence all week long, and, and you just begin to pray and pray, and, and through praying for somebody, you just ex felt his presence. Or perhaps you were just going through a difficult time, a difficult season in your life, and, and you had to rely totally upon the Lord to, for His strength to get you through that. In moments like these, the Lord reveals His power to us in unusual ways. 
You know, some people talk about the presence of God. I, I was talking to a man not long ago, and he was telling me a story, and, and he said he had chill bumps all over his body. Uh, he said the hair on the back of his head stood up, back of his neck stood up. You, you hear people having experiences like that, and once in a while you might have some uh, unusual experience emotionally or physically, uh, but some people may not have any experience like that, but yet they have the sense of knowing God is in this place. You can't put your finger on anything, but you know, I've been in the presence of God. So it's not just simply a, a feeling I'm, I'm looking at, physical feeling, but a, a sense of knowing God is in this place. One reason, because he said, I'm, I'm here. He said, if two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. So that's enough for me to know that the Lord is here. I talk to people sometimes, and they say, well, I went to that church, but I didn't feel anything. I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. Well, it could be a number of reasons why you didn't feel anything. Uh, but when you come to a church and people are here, the Spirit of God has led you here. And you open up your Bible and read, the Spirit of God is speaking to you through your Bible. So He's here whether you feel anything or not. Uh, a lot of the times we're sitting in His presence, we don't notice anything. But the fact is, He's still here. And the awareness of God is, is very important. For one thing, the church cannot exist without the presence of God. I mean, if he were not here, then we would not be here today. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, he told his followers to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, we have a part in doing that, and we can... Uh, we can do it in a lot of different ways. Some people have the real uh, experience of just sitting down face-to-face -face with people and say, have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Or you begin to tell the story of when you gave your life to Jesus and you are a witness uh, to people in that way. But when he finished telling us that we're to be a witness, he said in verse 20, uh, that I am with you always even unto the end of the world. I am with you always. I'm not with you just sometimes. I'm not with you on sunny days. I'm with you on cloudy days. You know, matter of fact, they sing a song, Old Cloudy Day. You ever heard that song? He is with us when we're down in the dumps. He's with us when we're on the mountaintop. I am with you always. We, we tend to forget that because our feelings tend to kind of control our life at times. And if I don't feel good, then God is not here is the idea that some people have. But that's not the truth. The truth is, he said, I am with you. Well, I'm glad he's with you, but I'm really glad he's with me. Don't you feel that way? We couldn't be here and enjoy the presence of God and do what He wants us to do unless we knew He is with us. The disciples were largely uneducated men. They were fishermen. They were simple men. They lived a simple life. And we can identify with that because many of us are just like them. We live a simple life. We, uh, we go about our business, maybe a carpenter, electrician, or working at uh, Apple Market down here. We just go 
about serving, and we just have a simple life. So we can identify with these disciples. Only by learning to rely upon Him can, can this handful of disciples go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, their world to them was not near as big as our, as our world for us today. Uh, but they went in their area and they preached the gospel. And we can overcome uh, the, the troubles of this life and we can advance the kingdom of God uh, with his presence and with his power. Now notice what he said. Jesus is speaking in verse 18. And Jesus said, you know the reason I know he was speaking? That's what it says. You know, when the Bible says Jesus came, then what happened is that he came someplace. And, and when it said he spake, it means he opened his mouth and spoke. Now, you can take this Bible for exactly what it says. I, I mean, you're, you, you're going to... Some people struggle with the inerrancy of Scripture. Some people think, well, this Bible is just speaking to a certain group of people. This Bible uh, or it's not even speaking today. Some people don't believe what it says. You can take this Bible for what it says. Jesus came and Jesus spoke and he spoke to the disciples and he said to them, all powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, the way the Spirit of God works is that he has taken this Bible these words that had been spoken uh, many years ago, and, and he's been written a number of times, and has been trying. To, people have tried to get rid of it. I mean, they tried to burn the Bible and get rid of God's word, but you can't do it. And, and it's here today for us to read. Uh, there were days when people didn't have a Bible in their hands. And they had to go just by what somebody was saying, the Bible says. And so you have a Bible in your hand, and Jesus is speaking to you just like he spoke to the disciples in that day. And he said to the disciples, I am with you. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now, just as you were sitting, as they were sitting in front of Jesus, listening to him speaking, so you're sitting in front of God the Holy Spirit today, listening to him speak to the word, through his word, and, and he is, you are his disciples, and he's saying to you the same thing he said to his men many years ago. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He said, whenever you gave your life to Jesus, you came to an understanding that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. You came to the place in your life, you said, God, I did this and it was wrong and I'm sorry for my sins. I repent, I'm going to turn away from that and I'm going to turn towards you and I'm going to invite you to come into my heart and save me. When you prayed a prayer like that, the Spirit of God came into your life and when he came, he brought his power in your life. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So the Spirit has brought the same power in your life as he brought in the life of the disciples. They didn't have more of the Holy Spirit than, than we have today. Sometimes you talk to people and, and, and you talk about the awareness of God and you get the feeling that they've got something I don't have. Well, the truth is 
When the Holy Spirit came into our life, you got all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. The difference being is that some people are more committed to Jesus and they're, they're more open to obey the Holy Spirit's leading than other people. And that's the difference. If you're willing to obey, then you're going to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you're not willing to obey, then you're going to be missing much of what God wants you to have. But he's given you all power. All power came into your life. The power of Jesus came into your life at the point of salvation. You have that same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in you. And that's the reason he said, I want you to take this power living in you and go into all the world and teach my disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I have a job for you to do. I have something uh, for you specifically to accomplish while you're here. God has brought us here. He has sent us here on a mission. And so we have a job to do. Now we can be obedient in doing that job. Or we can be disobedient and uh, we're not going to be as fulfilled uh, as God wants us to do. We're not going to be as satisfied in our spirit unless we're doing what God asks us to do. And, and you can testify to that. You, uh, you come here and you, you teach a Sunday school class. You come here and you sing a song and you can live feeling like I've done what God asked me to do and that is a good feeling. It really is. You can go out in the community, you can make a visit, and you can talk about Jesus, and you feel good because you've done what God asked you to do. It is a good feeling. You want to feel something today, then do what God asked you to do. Now, some people come, and they're not obedient, and they say, I didn't get anything out of that. I'm not feeling anything. It's a disobedience. One of the reasons. But he said, I want you to go into all the world. And then he said, I want you uh, to understand that I am with you always. Always. I, I want to emphasize that because I want you to leave here knowing that I've been in the presence of God today. I didn't see a vision that others see. I, I didn't have chill bumps all over me, but I've been in the presence of God because he said, I'm with you. I'm going to go out into the community this week doing what God asked me to do, knowing that I'm with you. You know, you can do anything God wants you to do. You know, there have been over the years of my life, I've seen uh, faith healers on television and, and I, I wonder, how come we're not seeing that in our everyday life, in our own little community? We see it on TV, and what's the difference here? God has given power to his people to do anything he wants to do. When Jesus walked to earth, he had the power to raise the dead. He had the power to cleanse a leper. He had the power to open the mind and the eyes of those who are blind and dumb and, and open their mouth and they can speak. That power is still here today. He doesn't give it to every, that type of power. He didn't give it to everybody because everybody can't handle that. 
My goodness, if you had the gift of healing today, you'd be tempted to use it for your own benefit. You come down here, and I'll lay hands on you and heal you, and you get me, give me some money. I mean, that's our society today. So the Lord doesn't give the healing ministry to everybody, but he gives it to those that, that can use it well. Uh, doctors have healing powers. Doctors have medicine that God uses to bring healing. You take people in other countries where they don't have uh, doctors like we have around here, and, and then you'll see a lot of healing going on in, in that part of the country. See, God still uses people. He can use you if he wants you to heal somebody. He can use you to do that work because you have that power and so all power is given unto me, and when you ask me to come into your heart, all power is, comes into you. So God has able, enabled you to do anything he wants you to do. People say, well, I can't teach a class. I can't stand up in front of uh, anybody and talk about Jesus. I'm just backwards and shy. Yes, you do. You have the power to do anything the Spirit of God wants to do through you. So I want you to leave here understanding that I, the Lord Jesus, through his power of the Holy Spirit, is with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now the Bible talks about the Creator is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere, all the time. He is not present in, in all places in the same way, uh, for instance, he is in creation, but creation is not in him. He is in nature, and nature reveals the Lord's power and his wisdom and his creativity, but it has no power to govern the universe. This nature cannot govern the universe. This nature can do a lot of damage in the universe. We've seen tornadoes and hurricanes that rip through a city, and destroyed building after building. But uh, the Lord has allowed that to take place. And he is in control of that power. But that power does not have control over him. You know, there's a, a teaching. It's, it's been around for a long time called pantheism. And they believe God is in a tree. Don't cut that tree because God's in a tree. Don't kill that cow because God is in a cow. See, he, he has created the tree. He has brought a cow into this life, just like he brings people into this life, but he is not in those things. See, there's, there's a difference. And, and so we, we want to understand that it's God that we worship and not a tree and a cow. They had a golden calf in the Bible. God is not a part of that, see. He said, have no other gods before me. So in this life of a believer, the Father is always present. When you trusted him as your Savior, he is present with you wherever you may go. He manifests himself in special ways uh, at different times in your life. You may have an experience, and you come through that, and you think, what happened and you think back and you know it was God who came in, in your life and spared you and helped you. You, you, uh, you, 
you're going down the road, driving down the road, and there's an accident right in front of you, and God protected you from being involved in that accident. His presence is there with you. He helped you. And, and over and over again, if you think back in your times of your life, uh, of things that's happened to you, you recognize at times uh, that was a God thing. That, that was a God thing. He did this and spared you. Now, sometimes he lets things happen. We was driving down the road one Wednesday night re recently, uh, going to church, and a deer come out and just hit my truck uh, in the front, somewhere in the front, and I think, God, I wish you hadn't done that. I mean, it done tore up my truck. You know? <laughs> Boy, these, these deers can do some damage. I was watching a commercial, that, well, not a commercial, but uh, something on television. I don't know where I saw it at. This deer, the uh, camera from the house caught this deer. He come out of the woods. He jumped over a truck and in the bed of another truck. You might find it on YouTube. It was awesome how far the deer could jump. Uh, somebody was coming to look at this man's truck, going to buy it, and just before he pulled up, this deer jumped in the truck and tore it up. Deer's going to do some damage. You know, I got to the church and I looked, looked at the damage, and there's no damage. I'm thinking, wow. I've hit deer before, and it's always damaged. I've seen people get deer, and they can't even drive their car home. I mean, it's no damage at all, no visible damage. See, that's a God thing. We was driving down the road the other day, and I caught a glimpse of something in my right side, and I looked in my mirror, and two deer crossed the road behind me, a car was behind me, and he missed it too. So, see, you have experiences like that, and we sometimes don't recognize it. That was a God thing. God's presence saves you, or sometimes God's presence allows it to do a lot of damage. I'm thinking about the presence of God, and whether he saves you or he lets you go through some accident like that he's got a reason for it I, I think about the presence of God in Job's life I'm telling you you read the book of Job and he went through he went through hell on earth and he said though he slay me yet will I trust him and that's what he wants us to do we know his presence and if he allows something to happen then we know he has a reason for it, and I'm going to trust him through it, through it all. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. That's what the song says, isn't it? You've sang that. I'm sure you have. God's presence is usually connected with a desire to bless his people. Sometimes God wants to do something unusual in your life. He just wants to bring a blessing in your life, and the presence of God just comes and, and does something. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. He's far from the wicked. 
I, I don't want to be the wicked. I don't want him to be far away from me. I want him to be present with me. And the way he uh, he's stays present with us is obedience. Obedience. Our job is to be obedient to his commands and be a faithful messenger for Jesus, telling others about the saving grace of God through faith in him. And when we do this, then the Lord will begin to draw people to himself. People will see you living in the presence of God, obeying God, and they'll be drawn uh, to something that you've said or done. The Spirit of God will draw them to himself. Can you, uh, can you, can you just adequately describe the presence of God? Well, it's hard to describe. But somebody said it like this. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, confess your sins, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. He indwells you and gives you his power. And he begins to explain scripture to you. It is the Spirit who enables us to become more like Christ in our attitude, in our actions. Now, let's check out our attitude for a moment. Is your attitude any better now than it was when you were first saved or even before you were saved? You know, sometimes as Christians, we get a bad attitude and we don't realize it. And then somebody points it out to us. And as, as we begin to listen to the Spirit of God, uh, he'll, he'll begin to convince us, you know, you're right, I have a, a bad attitude. Sometimes our actions are bad. Now, we can see that ourselves. Uh, we do things that God does not want us to do, and we say things that we ought not say, and uh, he convicts us of that, and we can repent and, and change. Uh, but he wants us to check out our attitude and our actions. Are they different? Are they what God wants us to be? What kind of attitude do I have towards other people? And towards the things God allows in my, in my life. The Spirit of God is, is just busy about his business. He, he, comes to, uh, he comes to encourage us. There are times that we're down in the dumps and we need a word of encouragement. God will send somebody uh, our way, put an arm around us or shake our hand and hug our neck. And he gives us encouragement. You're not going through this by yourself. God is with you. And we need that word of encouragement. And the Bible encourages us to be like a Barnabas in somebody's life. Barnabas, as you know, in the Bible was an encourager. Uh, you're down. Let me just walk with you while you're down. You're having a good time and you're joyful. Let me rejoice with you. Somebody will come along and just be an encourager to us. The Spirit of God does that. The Spirit of God speaks to our spirit and gives us a word that would lift us up, word of encouragement. The Spirit of God enables us. There are things that we just cannot do by ourselves, and the Spirit just helps us along, and we get it done. You can have all kinds of illustrations in your own personal life, times that you were trying to do something 
and you say, Lord, this is no way in this world I can do this by myself. And the first thing you know, God has come along and helped you. And it's just amazing when he does that. The Spirit of God speaks to your spirit. And he in, uh, enables you. He energizes you. There are times you just don't think you can put another foot from the other and keep going. And he helps you to go. I, I can imagine Paul... Apostle Paul laying there on the ground after being stoned and left for dead. And he probably just crawled out under them rocks and the power of God enabled him to get up and just keep on preaching the gospel. You know, the enemy does not want you to talk about Jesus. He, he doesn't. He didn't want you to speak the truth. He really doesn't. Uh, you, you can look at society today. If you speak the truth, somebody's going to try to tear you down. If you speak the truth, the enemy's going to come along and, and, and start accusing you of being a liar. You speak the truth and you're going to be under attack from the spiritual realm of the demonic realm. But listen, you speak the truth and Jesus will help you. Though you may go through hell, he will help you. When it's all said and done, it's all over with, you'll recognize that you've been in the presence of God because he, he saw you through it. He saw Paul through lots of, uh, of terrible experiences. And he'll see, see you through it. He in, energizes us. The Spirit of God will speak to your spirit and inform us. There are things that we need to know and we don't know, and the Spirit of God come along and said, this is the way it is. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I want you to do. I am with you always. The Spirit of God warns us. There are times that His Spirit speaks to our spirit and, and said, don't go there. And we see spiritual red flags all around us. Sometimes we ignore those flags and ignore those warnings and suffer the consequences for it, but the Spirit of God is present in our life if we'll be sensitive to Him. Now, one way to be sensitive is to ask Him to create in me a clean heart, O oh God. I, I was thinking about that verse this morning. It's, uh, it's over here in Psalms. Uh, Psalms 51 in verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. My spirit's not been right this week or today. Lord, I want you to fix that, and I confess and repent, and create in me a clean heart. I want a clean heart. If I'm going to do anything for you, I, I need a clean heart. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. David prayed that on a in, in desperation he had been in sin and, and he knew that if he lived in sin God would discipline him and he said take not the Holy Spirit from me now you don't have to worry about him taking his Holy Spirit from you you, you don't have to worry about that you know Baptists have got this saying once saved always saved and a lot of dom denominations uh, fight against that and get the idea you can do anything you want to and, and, and God will be with you. Listen, if you sin as a believer and you know you sin, you did it on purpose, you can be sure he's going to discipline you 
He's not going to throw the clay away, but he's going to deal with you. And, and so we need to pray often, create in me a clean heart, God. I know your presence is here, and you saw what I did, and you're not going to allow me to continue in this direction. You're going to do something. You're going to throw up warning signs all over and show me this is not the way. Turn around and go a different direction. But the presence of God is going to be the one who does that. He brings to our heart and our mind a verse like this. Uh, when we need clean heart, he'll put it right there in black and white and say, listen. He may even call your name. Listen, Tommy. Let God create in you a clean heart, oh God. He, he'll give you, put you in a position where he just warns you, just don't go there. You know, you're driving down the road. It's, uh, uh, you see flags all over. You see uh, cones down the down the highway. It's a it's a danger zone. Sometimes in our spiritual life, and in, in our everyday life, we see these signs, these danger signs. We need to heed that because God is trying to say something to us. You're going in a direction that's not in His will, and He'll He'll warn us through His Spirit. You know, there's a direct relationship between the Spirit of God and the way He manifests Himself to us. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, then He's going to, he's going to manifest Himself in some way that will make you stop in your tracks at times and show you that uh, you made a mistake and you need to get it right. And, and so... We, we think about our attitude and we think about our actions, what we're doing. Uh, we need to change some things. Let's just do it today. Uh, don't, don't put this off. If the Spirit of God has spoke to your spirit and talked to you about an attitude you have, you need to deal with it today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Some kind of actions, we need to deal with it today. And don't put it off till tomorrow. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we cannot have fellowship with God. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we, uh, we can't know Him and experience Him the way He wants us to. So he, He's come to us through His Spirit and given you power to live the Christian life. I can, I can see it just as plain today as it was when it happened. I, I, I talked to my brother one time early in my ministry and said, I just cannot live this Christian life. I just cannot do it. This temptations, this troubles, these trials, persecutions, I just can't do it. And you know, I was right, I, I can't. And, and the Spirit of God says, you were not created to do this by yourself. Nobody can live the Christian life. It has to be God living through you to live the Christian life. And so when we come to recognize his presence, uh, that's a real encouragement to us. God's always present with you. Wherever you go, day and night. You remember that prayer you prayed as a kid? Now lay me down to sleep. 
I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. He is present with us when we're asleep. When we're unconscious, we're still sleeping in the presence of God. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him. So while we're, we're asleep, we have his angel. When we come to church, we have the supernatural presence of God in this place. Your angel has walked in this place with you today. He's sitting beside you. You can't see him, but he's here just the same. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but he's here just the same. He wants you to understand Jesus spoke to you and said, I am with you always.